but removing this idea that grades are somehow tied to your work ethic, tied to your personal worth, that they are the end-all be-all of your existence. Welcome back to The Head on Your Shoulders. I'm Maura Curry. We are about five weeks into the spring semester here at Georgia Tech, and it's that time of the semester where exams start rearing their ugly heads, and the dynamic of that one group project takes a turn for the weird. You're trying to remember how you functioned in high school, and in lieu of doing any soul searching on the matter, you're settling for pounding a vending machine bag of chips for lunch and continuing to ignore your capstone client. I know how it is, and I promise it's all gonna be okay. College is a messy thing. No, I'm not subtweeting anyone or anything in particular, it just is. We're all busy, and it's easy to feel like a Georgia Tech student right now, rather than part of a student body or community. Academia, thinking, is, by its nature, a kind of isolating thing. But why can't we seem to do all that school stuff that's gearing us up to change the world and look after one another? We're back with us, my guest from last week, and we're talking about where she thinks Georgia Tech could come together as a community and be better to each other and to ourselves. I actually, for the first time, don't have any content warnings for this episode. But if you listen all the way to the end, you'll hear the exact moment we got kicked out of our Kulk breakout room for being there too long. It was morbidly embarrassing. Here's us. We do not have a community that mm-hmm. supports and looks out for one another. When I mentioned that I had an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. that I was up all night crying, that I have uh, horrible nightmares, you know, all the time, people are like, me too. And then you go about, you laugh about it and you go about your day. Um, it's not, oh my gosh, hey, like, let's talk about this. And that's with my friends, that's with like mm-hmm. other people, and that is kind of why I came on this podcast, I, honestly, mm-hmm. is because I would like to see a community of people who look out for each other. And, and who feel empowered to talk about it candidly, right? Mm-hmm. Who don't have to worry about judgment or about consequences that they're not necessarily ready for, right? Like that it can be a conversation that's productive, that's respectful. Like, I I think that's important. And I I agree, like, I wish we were looking out for each other a Mm -hmm. little bit better. And I get that at like an institution with thousands of people who are very, very busy doing amazing world-changing things, like it's a lot to ask for, but at the same time, I don't think it's a lot to ask for that we exercise compassion, you know? That, That doesn't necessarily feel out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we're, we're problem solvers. That's what we pride ourselves. Oh, I'm a yellow jacket, I'm a problem solver. And we have this huge problem that no mm-hmm. one's addressing, no one's talking about. The, the ways that they are addressing it seem very limited, very um, face-saving. This is definitely not something that just happened the last two years. This has been my entire experience at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And I think, like, even going back several generations, even going back like decades of Georgia Tech students, we know that this has always sort of been the case at Georgia Tech, right? Like drown proofing was a literal class people had to take, right? Like there's this sort of grotesque pleasure in suffering um, and like a normalized culture of suffering Mm -hmm. that has existed here for a long time. Like before Scout died, before either of us got here, right? Like, it's not a new thing, and neither is the fact that 
we seem really good at turning a blind eye to it. That's been the status quo for a long time. So it's hard to change. Um, but what do you think we could do better? Like as an institute, do you have ideas for like actionable or tangible policy changes or like resources that you would like to see? Um, I, I would hope that in the future um, that when a student does seek help that that is taken very seriously and is not downplayed because I felt in all instances that I interacted with uh, GT counseling and stamps, it felt like I wasn't good enough um, in the sense that I was not mentally ill enough uh, to deserve help. Um, and that comes with having the resources to provide to more students. Right. Um, and then I, this is something I experienced at a different university that I think would be really awesome not as a policy change, but maybe a few professors if they want to do this. Um, after midterms, I had a professor uh, sit down five minutes with each student to talk about their progress in the class, um, what grade they were looking at, and so it revealed the mystery of the curve. Right. Right? So it, I went in after this midterm, talked to this professor, and he was like, You're, if you you know, stick with this, you're on track for an A. Okay. Um, these are things maybe you should work on, things you need to keep doing, mm -hmm. you know, any concerns you have. Um, and that was something that I really appreciated. That made me feel really good because, you know, me just sitting home alone with a bunch of 40s on quizzes <laughs> and 60s on tests, I think I'm failing. But then this professor took the time to tell every student where they stood right. and what to do, I think that would take a lot of the stress and mystery out of classes. Even if you're in the sort of class where everybody's kind of sitting at a 20 on mm -hmm. the exam, right? Like that transparency I think is helpful because you're right, like professors have no way of seeing who's struggling, one, if they're not paying attention, and two, if the class is going to be artificially inflated at the end of the semester and mm -hmm. so like your actual grades don't matter. That's frustrating for students and I think it also lends itself to sort of getting lost in the fray. And, and like there are some classes where that just can't happen. Like in my freshman year math lecture there were 200 kids. Nobody knew my name who was running mm -hmm. the class much less like how I was doing how my performance dipped from one exam to the next and what that might mean. Like, but like, that's awesome. Where was that? That was at uh, University of Texas in Arlington. Okay. I'm from Texas. Okay. So I was just over the summer, I took physics two there and the professor, he was hard. I mean, it was just as hard as any Georgia Tech class I ever taken. I just, that is the experience that stuck with me. That was something that I appreciated and something I, would love to see here and it doesn't you know that what he did for every student and that was about 40 to 50 students in that class wow yes yeah, so it was actually a pretty big class but if the professors just sat down with the students who were on the borderline of failing or mm -hmm. getting a d and having a real candid conversation about you know did they need to drop this class mm -hmm. what did they need to do to pass whatever the case may be, 
that would make a huge difference. Personally, one of my friends, he failed two classes last semester, and um, he had talked to the professors uh, mm. after a couple tests, and he was like, I got <laughs> 30s on them, and the class average wasn't bad, so I'm in danger. And the professor was like, well, you need to get an 85 on the next test and an A on the <laughs> final to get a D. Uh-huh. And there's, you know, nothing I can do about it. The professor's job isn't really to like, I guess, monitor you, but having that culture of let's help students succeed rather than I don't care if they fail. And it's not even that the people who would be meeting with professors are saying like, I am looking for you to give me points, right? The ideal response I think would be, you need an 85 numerically to bump yourself back up to passing here's what we can do together to help get you that, to that point. Like, right. you can meet with TAs, come to my office hours, and I'll set aside a couple of hours for you to just, like, pepper me with questions, and we can, like, talk through stuff you don't necessarily understand. Like, mm -hmm. and again, I feel like I'm saying this a lot, being constructive rather than putting someone out on their own and expecting them to come up with a solution when they're very obviously struggling anyway. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people are going to be like, that's not a professor's job, you have mm -hmm. to do, you know, you're an adult now, right? But I can tell you that a lot of people are not prepared for this school when they get here. And also, would you not rather be in a community that looks out for each other, mm -hmm. who wants them to succeed in whatever next step looks like for them, mm -hmm. grad school, industry, you name it, that's what the school is supposed to be doing instead of just it benefits everybody for everybody to succeed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you are competing with people for spots in grad school or spots in a fellowship or whatever, but it doesn't benefit the school or professors or anybody else to lose people, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that is failing a class and like dropping out, whether that's, you know, taking their own lives, there is no reason that we should be losing the very talented very gifted people who come to Georgia Tech because they feel lost and that nobody's looking out for them, right? Like, there needs to be an understanding that these people are coming here to be groomed and trained and shaped into people who are mm -hmm. going to change the world, so let's help them get there. Not, right. if you're not equipped to do it now, like, sucks, see you later. I definitely felt like my experience here was more sink or swim Mm -hmm. rather than let's help you succeed. Um, I don't really see why people dislike the idea of having a school that helps you succeed, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like they take pride in this sink or swim mentality um, of, you know, hashtag I got out. I didn't really come to college to feel like this was my personal hell. I came here to learn about subjects that I love, and I honestly felt like this has been punishment for something. <laughs> you know, and that, that's not, yeah. that's weird how uh, masochistic this culture is. Yeah, and so how much of that do you think, <clears throat> sorry, do you think is like an academia problem versus a Georgia Tech problem? Because I do think that like, for example, a lot of the professors who are viewed as less compassionate or less lenient by students are the ones who are like very into research and have a lot of other stuff going on or working on a book, whatever. 
Um, and so they don't necessarily have the time or bandwidth or desire to be that kind of person who sits down and helps people. Like, how do we fix that, do you think? Like, is that even something that's fixable on Georgia Tech's level? Um, well, the problem is kind of like, you, it's a research institute. It makes us a great school. I think that has uh, provided people a lot of opportunities. It's a great place to come. Mm -hmm. However, we don't have just teachers. We don't have people who are dedicated and come here for the sole purpose of, like, teaching students. Um, there's definitely professors I've had who I can tell they wanted to be a teacher first and a researcher second, but the vast majority have been researchers first. Uh, shoot, I have to teach this lecture <laughs> to a bunch of disgusting 18-year-olds um, second. It wouldn't be a horrible thing if we had people who are just dedicated to teaching students and helping them grow and learn mm -hmm. but the problem with that is there's the the prestige aspect when you become a teaching institution instead of a research institution you lose a little bit of prestige and there's always this ah you're just a teacher you're just a lecturer you suck and i'm doing research mentality within academia well and i think like for the institute from a pr perspective it, we'd spend a lot of time tooting our own horn about the amazing research that happens here. And it is amazing. And like, I think that's a huge component of why we get alumni donations for stuff other than athletics um, and why the USG, um, the University System of Georgia, likes us so much and is mm -hmm. so invested in the well-being of Georgia Tech because we are this prestigious like anchor of research and development in Atlanta and in the state, like, that part is a big deal. It still is a very good university to come and learn at, right? It's just, like, the cost of doing so is often a lot for people. Right. And I think what Georgia Tech needs to ask itself is, um, is it worth it? Is their pride in being a research institution so crucial and important to them mm -hmm. that it's worth risking students' lives. I mean, I, we've seen it every single year, one or two or students are no longer here mm -hmm. because they took their own life. Is it worth it? And I guess even, is it worth continuing to turn a blind eye? Mm -hmm. Right, because I would feel better, and I think a lot of people would, if there was a, like any sense publicly that we were trying to improve, right? But like, especially since Scout died and the action teams were formed and then the Path Forward stuff sort of started to take shape, most students on the ground don't have, uh, <laughs> we might be getting kicked out, most students on the ground don't have a real sense that they're is any progress, you know? And that's a very sad thing because there are people who are trying, but. Hi. Good. Yeah. Okay, we got kicked out of our Coke breakout room. Um, so really quickly, I guess, is there anything else that you would wanna add as far as like stuff that you would want an incoming freshman to know, like final messages or calls to action? 
to the Georgia Tech community. So one thing that I found extremely effective with both like my stress management as well as my mental health was exercising regularly, uh, which sucks. It is the bane of my existence. I hate it so much, but it is a tremendous help when you're trying to kind of dig yourself out of a hole. And I would say uh, freshmen coming in, find something you want to do. Find a workout buddy. Um, they have classes at the CRC. It does cost money. Or if you're like me, who like has never exercised or gone to a gym before college <laughs> and like just hates it, what I did is I found an exercise class off campus that I really enjoyed. It was worth the money. I would think that another, I guess, action item for Georgia Tech would be to include uh, maybe more exercise or like outdoor activities kind of try to make it part of the culture here because I think a lot of the culture here is um, Georgia Tech first health second removing this idea that grades are somehow tied to your work ethic tied to your personal worth um, that they are the end-all be-all of your existence I am so tired of people asking my GPA ask me about what I love to do and I'd like to see that just become the norm here won't be here around long enough to see that happen <laughs> but I just think like this podcast um, just talking to your other friends and stuff mm -hmm. we could make a changes to the culture. Just putting the message that your health is important. It's important to us. We think it's an important uh, ingredient to your success as a person, as a student, as a yellow jacket. That was us. This week's mental health resource is oktotalk.org. It's a website that basically does the same thing that this podcast does, but on a way bigger and more easily accessible scale. It's a Tumblr site that allows you to submit posts, whether that's written or videos, whatever, that just talk about mental illness and talk about your experiences. It's an anonymous forum for all kinds of discussion that maybe you don't feel comfortable doing in person. That's OK, the letter O, the letter K, to the number talk, T-A-L-K, dot org. Next week, there will not be a full new episode because I am very busy. But if you're subscribed to this podcast, and I very much hope that you are, there will be a quick couple minutes dropping where I tease some of what's to come. I'm very excited to share it with you, but it's a more ambitious project than what I've taken on so far, and I want to make sure it's really, really good. So you're going to have to wait. If that's at all titillating for you, make sure you're subscribed to The Head on Your Shoulders wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pocket Casts. Pick your favorite and hit subscribe. Until next time, I'm Maura Curry. Thanks for listening.